Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and you're listening to the Downtime Podcast, where we delve deep into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. This week's episode of the show is supported by We Are One Composites. It's no secret that I'm a massive fan of We Are One's wheels. I've had a set of Agent 29ers on my last bike and I have a set of the newer Faction 29ers on my Rocket Max. The first thing that struck me about the wheels was the quality of the finish and I find that's often a good sign of a good product. They back that up with longevity and performance. Both sets of wheels have stayed true where I used to seem to be always needing to treat my previous alley wheels and the way they ride is great. It's direct without being punishing. We Are One clearly understand how to maximise the ability to tune carbon fibres properties in order to get a structure that does just what you want it to do. As a downtime listener and as it's very very nearly Christmas we are one have got an amazing discount for you. For the month of December you can get 20% off all of their stock wheels and bars by using the code SANTAGIVES20 at the checkout. That's SANTAGIVES followed by the number 20 all as one word. Head to weareonecomposites.com now to check out what they have to offer. Don't forget to make sure you subscribe to the show. It's free and it means you'll get every episode as soon as it drops. It's super easy to do with buttons for all the major platforms over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe. If you want to support the show, then you can head to downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop and grab yourself a treat. There's t-shirts, sweatshirts and hoodies. They're all totally organic, printed to order and shipped with no single-use plastics. At this point, all the proceeds go back into the podcast for equipment and software to keep improving the quality of the show. So a massive thanks to everyone who's bought something from the store. All right, this week I'm joined by Morgan Shah. Morgan has excelled in the field of downhill and enduro racing, winning the Downhill World Champs back in 2012 and taking her first EWS win in Finale Ligure this season. We sat down to chat about Morgan's career so far. We talk about how she went from a skateboard and BMX background to winning Downhill World Champs, how that journey has now taken her to the Enduro World Series and how Morgan has adapted and learned what it takes to get on the top step of the podium there too. There's plenty to learn from Morgan's approach, so without further ado... Here's Morgan Shah. Morgan Shah, welcome to the Downtime Podcast. How's things with you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. It's been uh, someone I've been looking forward to having on the show for a good while now, so it's it's nice to make it happen. Um, let's start from the beginning and um, tell us a little bit about your childhood and, and where you grew up, because you you grew up in a in quite a an outdoors countryside sort of area, yeah? Yeah, so I grew up in Ardèche, which is uh, kind of south of France, but not too south. Um, and it's uh, it's no big cities there. It's just like uh, villages and small mountains. And uh, yeah, I used to like always go out and uh, be out all day with my parents and stuff. So, yeah. Nice. And you've got a sister as well? Yeah, I've got a big sister she's like three years older than me okay was was she much of an influence on you growing up yes yeah, so we had quite different uh, centers of interest i would say she was more like an artist and i was more into sports but we would always like go in the forest and build cabins together and like go on the bikes and stuff so yeah it was good to have her yeah, nice. And you, so you were riding bikes out in the forest from quite a young age, but not, not what you'd call mountain biking, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think we we always had bikes, and we would like always go like for big tours at the weekend and stuff with my parents and and sister. But it was never competitive. I mean, I had no idea that 
uh, mountain bike races existed for <laughs> a long time. So yeah, it was just a way to like uh, go to places and like have a good time. Yeah. Were your parents sporty at all or? So they're then, yeah, not really competitive, but they're like always um, love to be outside and uh, we would always go on holiday uh, to the mountains and do big hikes and stuff like that. So yeah, they're, they're pretty into sports, I would say. Nice. Yeah. So it made sense that you, uh, you were starting to follow that sort of route, but it was, it was BMX, right? Before you got into mountain biking. How did, how did you find BMX? <laughs> yeah. So I started, uh, skateboarding actually when I was around 10 and I would okay. like go to the skate park all the time. And then I was thinking it would be good to have a BMX to ride to the skate park. And then I could ride BMX and skateboard there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So like a couple of years later, I got a BMX and I got obsessed with that. I would like <laughs> ride all the time. And um, yeah, we were a little crew and we would go like, uh, I don't know, ride maybe 12 kilometers to the dirt jumps and then back on a BMX. And uh, yeah, we were like <laughs> crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so how serious did the BMX side of things get then? Um, yeah, it was, um, always just for fun, just at the skate park of the jumps. I did, uh, I think I did maybe two contests when I was 14 or 15. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, no, no, no pressure with that. Yeah. What sort of contest was that then? Like park stuff or dirt jumping or? Yeah, I did some park, uh, contests. And then when I got into mountain biking, I did, um, Maybe two or three dirt jump contests. Uh -huh. yeah. And how did you get on? Were you, uh, were you competitive? Uh, I think I was pretty much the only girl, or maybe we were two sometimes. So it wasn't really for the result. It was just to ride uh, different spots and just have a good time, really. Okay. So were you? would you say you were competitive when you were younger, or was, was that side of things not really part of why you were doing it not really i was uh i wasn't really thinking about competitions or, or races at all it was uh just the thing i i loved to do and i would and i wanted to do that every day like all the time <laughs> and was it yeah was it about fun or was there also an element that you wanted to progress like were you always into learning new tricks and things yeah, for sure. It was it was a bit of both, really. Like uh, I was doing it for fun, but I was yeah always wanted to try to learn some new tricks and uh, do bigger jumps and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and were there ever any bad accidents when you were younger? Uh, <laughs> no big ones. I had like quite a few crashes, but nothing, not too bad, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff so how did how did mountain bike come into your life because it was quite a bit later on wasn't it that you you got into that side of things yeah I think when I was around 16 some uh some friends that I knew from BMX um they were riding uh downhill too mm -hmm. and uh just like just around that time uh, I remember buying a magazine uh called Big Bike in France yeah. and it was all about like free ride and uh, mountain biking and everything and there was a new world disorder video with the magazine and I watched that and I remember being like 
oh, that's what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched that like a thousand times. And then these, uh, these friends, uh, they invited me to, to go f- to a local race for the weekend and lend me a bike, a downhill bike. And so I went there and uh, yeah, I crashed like a million times, <laughs> but I loved it. <laughs> and I was like so stoked and then I was I was hooked and I saved up to to buy a bike and that was it. What was your first mountain bike then? Uh so first proper mountain bike was a Cubikes hood, which was like a hardtail, maybe one fifty fork, something like uh-huh. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you you went off then to to university. Was it Annecy that you studied at? Yes, um I wanted to do a degree in physics and mm-hmm. I found out that uh, in Annecy you could do uh, this degree but uh, in three years instead of two and get okay. a lot of time off for, for <laughs> sports. <laughs> ah, nice. Yeah. And Annecy's on a beautiful lake surrounded by mountains, right? Yeah, it's just a beautiful place, a lot of uh, spots for mountain bike, for BMX too. And uh, yeah, so I didn't have too many races before to get a, an entry in this university, but they let me in. And uh, yeah, it was just um, eye-opening because there was like so many people riding there and really good spots. And uh, I progressed a lot there. Okay, so a really big mountain bike scene at the university. Yeah, for sure. We were like a lot of mountain bikers in this uh, program and we had some coaching sessions every week with um, Alex Ballot, which is uh, is the man behind French Cups Enduro now. Uh, okay. And so, yeah, it was like uh, really good. Yeah. So you and is that when you got kind of more seriously into the racing side of things? Yeah, that's it. Like before that, I was still like uh, I wanted to do slope style or stuff like that. <laughs> and when I got in Annecy, I discovered more about downhill racing. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I started to do more French Cups. Um, I started World Cups in 2010. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was, uh, it was good. So how, yeah, how did you get on in some of those early races when you, when you started racing French Cups? Because there's some pretty serious competition in the French field. Yeah, there was, uh, there was a lot. So I remember my f- first French Cup I went there with my parents and and we had no idea like of the program and stuff and so when I got there I had already missed one day of training because <laughs> training was on Friday and we got there on Saturday and then yeah I used to ride without gloves all the time and so mm-hmm. I went to the top and they didn't let me ride down uh, <laughs> I didn't have gloves so yeah first yeah, first French Cup, I would say, was quite a disaster, but then it got better from there. And um, yeah, for sure, there was a lot of competition, but I think it helps you progress a lot to to be able to ride with uh, girls who were at the top of the World Cups. Yeah, definitely. And what, yeah, what was the process behind getting to that first world cup because i think it was was maribor 2010 wasn't it your first one yeah that's it so in i think 2009 i got into um, a small team called passion velo and it was 
it's just a like a shop owner who decided to create his own team to to help riders. So and he was riding some World Cups already, and we were riding the the nationals with this team and with another another junior and in the team. We we decided to try and do some World Cups in 2010. Um, so I guess it's really thanks to Jerome, from the, the owner of the team, who really like um, showed us that it was possible to to get to the World Cup, and and yeah, that really made things easier. Yeah, what was it like the first time at a World Cup, lining up against all those you know the top riders from the sport? I guess you'd already raced a few of them at French Cup, but what what do you remember from that first first World Cup in Maribor? Yeah, so it was um, it was raining a lot. I remember, and and it was um, weird to see all my idols in in like for real. <laughs> I remember seeing uh, Sam Hill doing track work, and I was like, "Wow, that's insane!" <laughs> um, and yeah, I think uh, uh, this year uh, uh, the pressure got the better of me in, in finals. Like I would always qualify quite well and then crash at every final run so yeah good learning progress process i guess <laughs> yeah yeah definitely you, and i guess it's worth saying you're you are quite a super fan of the sport aren't you oh yeah for sure like um yeah i just watch everything <laughs> i can find like videos and photo reports and everything so yeah big yeah. fan yeah yeah, so it must have felt amazing to be there for for the first time. But you, so you're studying and racing World Cups at this point, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So with uh, this university, we had like um, school every morning and then every afternoon free for training, or we could get time off for racing too. So that was pretty cool. Awesome. Does that kind of exist in other universities in France as well, or is that unique to Annecy? It's, uh, I think it's also in Chambéry, which, which is quite close to Annecy. And then it's probably in some other places, but it's quite uh, rare. Like that's why uh, people come from all over France to Annecy to do that. Yeah, starts to make even more sense as to why there are so many good French riders when you hear about schemes like that. Yeah, that can definitely help. Yeah, awesome. So let's yeah fast forward a little bit, a couple of years to 2012, um, and Val de Sol, and yeah. you're standing for the first time on a World Cup podium, right? And that's not an easy track to do it on. What <laughs> what do you think? What yeah? Why do you think you went so well at a place like Val de Sol? Yeah, I think um, well, I, I was always riding in the Alps, and it's uh, quite technical and steep terrain so I guess we're quite used to it and um, yeah I really enjoyed that track there and, and like all the other team was there or, or just like small team and uh, yeah we just had a great week together and I felt good on that track so that was a uh, it's one of my best memory from racing that that first podium. Awesome and is it I mean, it's, it looks from the outside looking in. It looks like a track that requires quite a high level of fitness as well. Would you would you have said you were particularly fit at that point in time? So I would say I didn't have really any idea of how to train, but I okay. was 
um, I really wanted to train. So I remember I was doing like uh, every day, like kind of training, but just, um, yeah, something different every day. And I was just riding a lot. So I think it wasn't the best training for sure, but it was kind of good. Yeah. And it must have given you a bit of a boost because you, you went on after that to to win some of the French Cup rounds, which, like I said, were really competitive around that time. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I had a, a really good year that year. And, um, yeah, it felt good with, with all the team around me at the, at the French Cups. Yeah. And then it was time for World Champs and it was in Liergang that year as it was this year but very different conditions and for that race you were going to be staying with the French national team I think and I, I think I'm right in saying your roommate was Sabrina Jonier who was uh kind of your idol yeah yeah for sure so yeah my idols were Sam Hill and Sabrina Jonier like from when I started so yeah, it was my first time with a with a French team, and when um, the French team manager told me that I was staying, like sharing the room with Sabrina, I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> okay." <laughs> and so I was really shy at the start of the week, <laughs> and then we got like um, really like uh, um, we really got to know each other this week, and uh, we became really good friends and. It was her last World Champs, and uh-huh. I feel like she gave me a lot of tips. And uh, she was like, "Yeah, she was like my my mom for <laughs> that week." And uh, yeah, she definitely helped me a lot. Awesome. What sort of things did she teach you? Just uh, basic things like the, like um, getting my stuff ready like the night before, so I don't have to stress out find my um riding kit in the morning or like uh, i remember she um, after i won the race she was like oh you can't go on the podium like this you have to like clean your shins and everything so (laughs) (laughs) just like this kind of thing like pretty pretty funny (laughs) amazing and you guys have become really good friends now you you travel around together quite a bit yeah, so now I actually spend a lot of time with our sister, like our younger sister Morgan Junior. Okay. Which uh, yeah, we travelled all the EWS last year together, and uh, yeah, we spend like a lot of time together. <laughs> Amazing, really it's cool. Friends. What comes of these things? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, talk talk us through that World Champs week from your perspective. Like, how did you feel? Let's start off with practice. How did you feel getting out on the track? Yeah, so we, there was a lot of rain that week during practice and, uh, and the track was really natural that year. Um, it's a track that I really enjoyed. Like I always enjoyed riding it and it was quite technical in the woods and I felt, I felt really good from the start. And yeah, I had just a lot of fun in trainings and I wasn't putting too much pressure on myself because it was only my first um, uh, selection in the French team. So I, I felt like I didn't really have anything to prove. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I just felt really good. I think I qualified fourth maybe. And yeah, five five seconds off Emmeline, I think, in yeah, qualifying. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was uh, pretty, pretty stoked with that. Yeah. 
and then yeah race day it was it was sunny but still like pretty slippery in the woods so um, I remember I was like still riding mud tires but we would like cut the back tire like more and more as uh, as much as it was drying <laughs> to roll faster <laughs> yeah and um yeah it felt good like I had a lot of my friends were there. I'm, I'm not sure why, but a lot of my friends had come to, to Leogang to watch the race. So it just felt like pretty good and I had a, a great run. Yeah, you're damn right you had a great run. <laughs> so and it was a it was a pretty close race in the grand scheme of things, but it was sector two where you did most of the damage. I think you put one and a half seconds into Emmeline and Manon in that sector where was sector two that year do you know and do you know what you did differently yeah so hmm, not sure actually i think i think i gained most time in in the like steep woods after the motorway okay um yeah just because you think you know that that sort of technical ride in that alpine style is where your real strengths lie it's where you're most comfortable yeah, I think uh, I would I would say that I feel I always felt confident riding in the mud and um, technical uh, things. So I guess it it suited me pretty well. Yeah, yeah, definitely, it definitely went pretty well. And um, you crossed the line, then you go into the hot seat, and I think there was still seven riders to go at that point. How did you feel? Because was that your first time in a hot seat or not? Uh, I, I probably went into the hot seat before, but this time I remember when I came down, I was nine seconds um, quicker than Mikaela Gato, who, wow. who was in the hot seat before. And uh-huh. yeah, we used to have like pretty similar times uh, that year. So, um, um, so yeah, I knew I had a really good run, but I wasn't expecting to win. <laughs> yeah, what, so what was it like sitting there watching rider after rider come down and not beat your time? Yeah, so uh, when when I realized I was on the podium, I was really, really stoked. I was like, wow, that's so sweet. And I could like see all my friends there and I was like, yeah, so good. <laughs> and then when I realized I was going to win, um, I was like, oh, no, I, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> I was a bit like, whoa, what's happening? And I, yeah, I didn't know what to do. And I was like, uh, it was uh, pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Standing on a on the World Champs podium, getting the gold medal and the stripes uh, in, you know, fairly early in your career must have felt pretty wild. Yeah, for sure. It was insane. And I wasn't even dreaming about that, you know, I was hoping for a top five dreaming about the top three but uh i wasn't thinking about winning do you think the the lack of pressure that you put on yourself helped with that result yeah probably i would say um yeah i was just uh having a good time and uh yeah like i said i didn't have any pressure so i could ride like just like i wanted and yeah, remember during my run after the motorway, I was like, "Oh, maybe I should like slow down a bit because it's I'm getting tired here." And then I was just like, "Oh no, that's world champs. Just 
give it all <laughs> and see if it uh, works. And yeah, it worked. Did it feel dangerous? Did you take many risks? I wouldn't say it was. I didn't feel like I took many risks, but I definitely went faster in some sections than in trainings, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it felt like um, almost easy, you know. I, I was. It, it was just all working like really well. So. Yeah, and it, am I right in saying there was a lucky T-shirt involved in that season? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had my lucky T-shirt. Uh, it was a blue T-shirt. I would wear it like, wear it like every race run uh, for <laughs> maybe a few years, I would say. <laughs> oh, really? So it carried on after 2012, that T-shirt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise that. Excellent. <laughs> I also read somewhere that you're, you've been into meditation a bit. Were you using that back in 2012 or is that something you've been working on more recently? Um, no, I think it went, uh, it came more recently, I would say maybe five years ago, I started mm-hmm. to do that and okay. it's, uh, yeah, I don't do it every day and maybe I should, but, uh, just at some times of the year, I like to do it a lot. So, yeah. Are you, are you using a, an app or how do you, how do you do it? What's your form of meditation? Um, yeah, usually with an app. Yeah. Okay, which app are you, are you favoring? Um, I use Petit Bamboo, which is a French app. Okay. Um, and I used another one in English, but I can't remember the name. It's the, uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, would it be Headspace maybe? Yeah, Headspace, that's it, yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. How, how do you find that helps you? I think it just, uh, yeah, we always want to do many things from when we wake up to to when we go to bed so it's good to like take some time to just do nothing but be conscious about it mm-hmm. and um yeah it just uh, helps me to to not to stress you know and to calm down in sometimes during racing week uh, especially in downhill I, I, I was doing that a lot if because then it is, it's really stressful. Like all the week you have to like remember all the track and do big jumps or big features that are scary sometimes. So it would just help me to like calm down and uh, yeah. Do you find it helps outside of racing as well? Yes, I, I use it too for like before um, um, like I would say job interviews, but at didn't really do any the last few years but things like that you know when when you have a stressful situation i just do it before that and then it feels better awesome and uh, back then when you when you took that world champs win 2012 were you were you still at uni then or were you working alongside the riding yeah so i had just finished university and uh I took like a summer, like a, yeah, like a summer off before going mm-hmm. back to work. Um, yeah, so I wasn't really working yet, but yeah. But you, yeah, you had to go back to work after that. Yeah, then, I went I back to work like uh, straight after World Champs, I think. 
Yeah. And what, what were you doing for work? Because you said you did a degree in physics. Yes. Yeah, so I did um, quality control for like um, um, like uh, military airplanes for a few years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty interesting. And I had like a contract to work um, six months in the year and then I had six months off to, to race. Uh, okay. And then I would always go back to the same uh, work every winter. So that was really good. Yeah. Is that, a, is that a French sporting kind of thing, the six months on, six months off, or is that something you managed to negotiate? Yeah, it's something you can get with uh, with the federation. Actually, it's um, it's like a deal between your your employer, the French federation, and and the the region. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, quite a lot of athletes I think can get it. Yeah, do you get paid then for the six months that you're off and riding and racing, or do you only get paid in the six months you work? Yeah, so you get you you get paid um, all the year, even when you're not there. So that that makes things easier. Yeah, awesome, that is cool. So how how did that World Champs win change things for you then? Because you hear a lot of people talk about the impact that a World Champs win has. How did it affect you? Yeah, for me, it allowed me to to go from who like really small team I would say I was still like uh, paying for um, travels and stuff with the team I had in 2012 so it allowed me to to go to a proper uh, team I went to MS Mondocker the year after and uh, yeah it just opened a lot of doors for me and um, yeah gave me a lot of opportunities yeah, how did you find it stepping up onto a, a effectively a factory team then with with someone like MS Mondraker? There must be a lot of great stuff that comes with that, but also some challenges and some pressure. Yeah, for sure. So I went from that team, which was it was kind of family, you know, it was just like no pressure at all and just uh, riding with friends to that um, Austrian team where like I didn't speak. Uh, much English at the time and uh, yeah it was like pretty um, serious compared to what I had before Um, but it was really good to have like a lot of support and we could do testing and suspensions and bike bikes uh, in the winter and yeah I think that really helped yeah and I guess the the women's field over that period of time as well started to get more and more competitive didn't it there was a lot of a lot of very fast riders coming into the category over the that sort of time from I guess when you started 2010 to today it's it's a, a really really deep field isn't it yeah sure like every year there are like more riders coming and everyone trains harder and uh, hit bigger features and go faster so it's uh I think it's a great period for for the sport definitely definitely and you you backed up that world champs win with a third place a few weeks later in Hafio and you raced another I think five seasons of world cup since then you've had uh, I think nine podiums but not quite managed to find that top step again at world cups how how do you feel 
about that? Has it been a frustration? Like, how have you dealt with those those seasons? Because it must be really hard to have such a big win quite early on in your career and then kind of, you know, struggle almost to keep up with the expectations of the the, the sport and the people around you. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people have um, told me about it. Like, they were like, oh, you won World Champs, but you never won a World Cup. But um, I feel like it's, we are like a lot of girls um, to race and to ride and everyone's working out hard for, for that top spot. And yeah, we can't all get it. And um, yeah, it's already a lot of work to to be on the World Cup podium. And for sure, like there were times where I was um, not happy with how I rode and um, I wanted more. But um, now when I look back, I feel like, yeah, it's a, it's a tough spot. You you get a lot of injuries. You get like, it's it's tough mentally. And yeah, I'm pretty, pretty happy with what I've done. Yeah, definitely. It's been a, been a pretty amazing set of results. And I guess like over that period of time, even if the top step wasn't there, you must have been progressing a lot because the sport was moving along. You must have been learning a lot about, you know, the training side and and how to be more physically ready for the tracks. Do you do you feel like you learned a lot over that period? Yeah, for sure. So after yeah, in, since twenty thirteen, I've been um, working with a coach. So I, I I changed coach like twice, but yeah, I always had like a pretty. Uh, good training since then and then yeah you you can see like every year the, the level progress uh in the women's so yeah that's good yeah and did you ever get to the point where you were full-time with the downhill side or were you always doing a kind of six months on six months off or working through winters uh yes yeah, so in 2016 i yeah i got a two years deal with bergament Okay. Um and yeah, that was a time where I was like, okay, I need to go full time because when I was working, it was it was uh I was just training in the evenings after work, and uh, yeah, I would like start the season already pretty tired and exhausted, so I was like, yeah, I need to change something and yeah, go full time to 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 get better. Yeah, yeah, and it must have been uh, a pretty good team to be part of. That was Eddie Masters running the Bergamot team at that point, yeah? Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, it's always a good time with Eddie and uh, <laughs> it was pretty fun. Yeah, so what drove the decision then to move away from the, the World Cup downhill side of things and to focus more on enduro, kind of EWS and the Crankworks stuff? Um, yeah, so I was always writing a lot of enduro like all my uh, career but uh, not really racing just just for fun and uh, yeah I had pretty uh, annoying injuries in 2016 and 2017 I, I broke my scaphoid at the end of 2016 and a few other bones um, yeah. and then it it didn't really recover for 2017 I had like pain when I was riding downhill um so i couldn't really ride like i wanted 
at the World Cups, and then I had another big crash in in 2017 at in in Andorra again. Uh, so I missed a few runs again, and then yeah, I wanted to focus on the World Champs in 2017 because I had missed some World Cups, and I knew I had to take some time off for my wrist to to feel better. And then I didn't get selected for World Champs. Uh, uh, I had met the criteria for, for the French team, but yeah, somehow um, it didn't work. So I was, yeah, I felt like it was really a, a tough period for me because I didn't know what was going on with my wrists. And yeah, my only goal of the year was, was just gone like this. So um, yeah, I was like, okay, I'll try um, the EWS in finale that year. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I had a great time there. <laughs> I really, I struggled because it was really hard physically. But then I just found it was such a great atmosphere between all the girls and everything. Everyone was helping each other. And yeah, I, I loved it. And I loved riding the trail back there so that's when I was like yeah I'm gonna do that I I have a lot more fun here than at the World Cups awesome so yeah did you have to do quite a lot to prepare to ride EWS then did you have to change a lot in your training yeah for so for that first race I think I registered um four weeks before the race so then Uh I was like okay I just (laughs) ride as much as I can yeah. <laughs> get fit in four weeks and uh, <laughs> and then the next winter when I was um, really I really wanted to focus on, on enduro so we totally changed my training and uh, we did some like longer um, longer rides and stuff like that yeah yeah and so 2018 then you did you didn't do a full series in 2018 did you i don't think no so i was planning to do a full enduro season except the first two runs in uh, south america but yeah. then i crashed in conquoks downhill like first uh, okay. first training run and i had like a pretty bad concussion so yeah, like for maybe one month, I was feeling uh, not well. Uh, so I missed two Enduro World Series because of that. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And how did you find that first kind of big season of EWS? I think you you had some pretty good results. Some eight was it eighth places that year. Yeah, so I learned a lot that year for sure. Because it's so different, and in enduro you have to um, think and plan a lot of stuff. Like at the at the beginning, I was riding with a backpack with like all the tools and everything, and then little by little, I could like um, take less stuff and also learn how to ride like tracks that you don't know so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was quite tough at the start because I was used to like know the tracks perfectly, like in downhill. So I would always go either too fast and make mistakes because I didn't know the track or go too slow and I was way off the pace. So yeah, that year I think 
I had some pretty good uh, stage results, but um, I couldn't really do a full race like I wanted. But I was still pretty happy yeah. with top tens. Yeah. So how how did you work on those gaps in your off season? Then what kind of stuff did you do to to help you put yourself in a better place for twenty nineteen? Yeah. So I did. Um, I did quite a lot of. I tried to do more and more riding on trails that I didn't know because um, yeah, when you had home, you you always end up riding the same trails that you no so yeah try to go to different places and try to ride fast on trails that i didn't know and i think that really helped and i think you also have to like know your body really well for enduro and know like how much you can push on stages because if you go like all out from the first stage you're maybe not gonna go to the end of the day like this so yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? And so 2019, you took on, I think, your first full EWS season. How do you go about funding something like that? Because I don't, I don't think you were on a on a big team for that that season. Yeah, for so um, at the end of 2018, I was supposed to stay with Bergament, uh and kind of on my own program, uh, but they ended up um, uh, stopping mountain biking. So. It didn't work and I was like in November with like no sponsors, nothing. <laughs> so oh, no. pretty stressful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so um, I managed to find something with Juliana and a few other sponsors that really helped me. But it was it was tough. So when I was working in the winter to get some money to travel to the races and uh yeah. Fortunately, I got some good results and it helped me to, to get a good team this year. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was good. But there was, it was a tough season for sure. Yeah. What kind of work were you doing over the winter? Yes, yeah, so I worked uh, for the last two years. I worked in a kind of a ski shop. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Is, is that just because skiing is another passion or...? Yeah, I love skiing. I live uh, in the mountains, and um, yeah, I've always been skiing since uh, I was a kid. So awesome! And you you do a bit of work for Miss Spent Summers as well, don't you? Because uh, I think J- James is your partner. Yeah. Yeah. So James started Miss Spent Summers a few years ago, and um, yeah, I always because I'm such a big fan of the sport. It's uh, it doesn't really feel like work for me to like go back through what happened um the season um the bad seasons and everything so yeah try to do a bit of research for them and uh yeah yeah and 2019 like you say it went it went pretty well didn't it i think you had a second place in rotorua fourth place in madeira and, and plenty of other top 10 results which put you in fourth overall i think what what do you think was behind that I mean that's a pretty big improvement from the 2018 season yeah I think a lot of things just clicked that year and I I did more track work that I wasn't doing the year before and I think that really helped me um and also I I just got a lot of tips with from Johan Barelli we did like a few okay. a few races together like in um 
in Rotoya, uh, Derby and, and Madeira. He was there with us and yeah, he gave us a lot of like small tips and made us feel confident. And um, yeah, I think it really helped me. And yeah, I was traveling with Morgan Jonier and we had mm-hmm. such a good time. It was like no pressure because we didn't have any teams. And uh, yeah, it felt good. What sort of uh, little tips were you getting from Johan then? Yeah, I, um, it's just like we, d- we did track walks with him and everywhere he was like, um, yeah, giving us some like little tips on how to ride the sections. And mm-hmm. I think he made us focus on, because as I came from downhill, I was focusing on riding well, the like really technical path. And it was like, actually, you're, you're not going to win that stage on that part. You know, what's important is to keep your speed on maybe uh, flatter sections or like really okay. key sections. Um, yeah. And I think it made me realize um, how to, to keep the speed um, on all the stages instead of just riding fast one um, section. Yeah. Any, any top tips for maintaining speed? Um, I would say, so what I learned really this year was to um, stop breaking early in the in the corners like break early and then uh let the brakes go earlier okay get all <laughs> your braking done before the turn basically yeah so i was doing that but keep bra- uh, i was um keep breaking in the turn and now i really try to break before and then let it go when you when you know you can do the corner you can let it go yeah so you kind of accelerate setting the right speed for the corner and then accelerating through the corner and out yeah yeah exactly harder to do than it is to say yeah for sure it's something <laughs> yeah that i've um heard for like forever but when you like really try to work on it you feel the difference yeah so is that something you've gone out in the off season and just done over and over again to get used to yeah i think i was uh I really tried to focus on that and keep that in my mind all the time. And uh, yes, that really helped. And do you find now that you don't need to think about it so much? Does it become natural? Not yet. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully soon. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's better now. But uh, I still think about it, and especially in races when there is a flat section or something like that, I really try to not mess up uh, yeah well then yeah fourth place overall in 2019 which is uh it's definitely going to help with getting a deal but tell us a bit about how the pivot thing came about yeah so i, I really wanted to try to get on a team for for 2020 because it's um well it's more fun to be uh, around people <laughs> for racing and then uh-huh. it definitely helps so um, yeah, I got in touch with a few teams and then Bernard Kerr, who is a pivot uh, team manager, got in touch with me just like a messenger. And he was like, yeah, do you would you be interested in being in the pivot factory racing next year? And I was like, oh, 
perfect (laughs) (laughs) definitely yeah they seem to have a really good approach like kind of it's professional but laid back and fun at the same time from what i can see (laughs) yeah that's that's exactly that like they is organized enough so we have like everything we need and bikes are perfect and there's no stress but then it's like yeah just um super chilled everyone is um yeah they they all love riding bikes they're, they're not just racers they're just like really passionate about bikes and yeah, yeah it's just super fun to be around them Nice. And so you've got the perfect team, a load of great new bikes, feeling awesome, and then all the races get cancelled. <laughs> how how did you feel kind of earlier on in the year when, when all that stuff hit? Yeah, so I remember when um when they cancelled the first two runs, so in March, I was so I had been walking last winter a little bit and I didn't feel like totally ready for the races. So I was almost like, oh, that's kind of good. Like it gives me a bit more time. And then in May, when it starts, I'm like really ready. But then of course it didn't start in May. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it got pushed back a lot. And it was, yeah, it was hard to, to keep the motivation and stuff. And we had, pretty strict lockdown in France uh, so we couldn't ride at all and um, yeah it was hard like sometimes I remember the day when they cancelled Conk Walks so like Whistler runs I was Mm -hmm. like crying I was like I really want to go racing now (laughs) yeah I bet yeah I I was so happy to be in the team and I was like I don't want it to be taken away from me like i want to uh, to go now <laughs> yeah was it hard to maintain your fitness then through that lockdown because like you say it was quite strict in france yeah so we couldn't go uh more than one kilometer away from the house for sports uh-huh. so you don't do much in one kilometer so <laughs> <laughs> i was running quite a lot and then i was doing some uh sessions on the trainer at home and then uh, some gym, home gym. Uh, it was at the beginning. I was really motivated, and then you always have some days when it's harder. Um, but it, yeah, wasn't too bad. And then in June, yeah, in June, I decided I had the opportunity to finish my um, coaching and training diploma okay. for mountain bike. Yeah, and. Because all the races were cancelled, I thought it was um, good to do that and just take my mind off the races for a little bit, for a few weeks. Um, And I think it really helped me because I wasn't really training for like four weeks in June, but I was like focusing on something else. I was still riding and so I didn't get burned out Mm -hmm. before the season. yeah. So is that a plan for the future then to do some some guiding or some coaching? Yes. Yeah, so that's something that I really enjoyed. I I had started it um, a few years ago. It's quite a long process in France. It's like normally it's one year full time. So I I didn't finish it uh, before, but now I had the opportunity to finish it, and I did some coaching this summer 
already. And yeah, it's just um, so much fun to like uh, see like kids progressing and just having fun on mountain bikes. And yeah, it's just my passion to to ride bikes. And if I can help people having fun um, on that too, it's uh, it's good. Amazing. Well, let's talk a bit about the 2020 season from when it did get happening. We had to wait till Zermatt before it all started and the weather wasn't kind, but that was a good result. Second place, first race of the year. How did that feel? Yes, that was, uh, that was great, really. Like, um, we weren't sure if the race was going to be cancelled or not because the weather was so bad. And yeah, Zermatt is, of course, uh, pretty high. So there was some snow at the start of the stages and everything. So we were really like, uh, that's, yeah, not ideal. But they managed to <laughs> to make it happen. We had only two stages, but it went really well. And uh, I was so happy to start with the podium. And it was good for the team too. Like first year of the season, we to get a good result like this. It was super super cool yeah put you into the lead in the team overall i think didn't it that result so yeah i think so yeah 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 and then on to uh, the two rounds in italy so pietra and finale third place in pietra what what was that like because that was a new venue but it's pretty close to finale yeah yeah it's just like maybe 10 minutes away from finale i i had never been there really i i go to finale quite often in the winter just to to ride on some trails without snow <laughs> but um yeah it's uh, it's a bit different uh it's really good train trails and um it was good to like manage to do two races pretty close but uh on different uh, kind of trails yeah were you feeling different was anything obviously different from the previous seasons like where was the performance coming from do you think yeah, I think um, I felt really good on the bike this year. Like the, I was riding the Firebird Twenty Nine, and I feel like this bike it's just it pedals really well. It's super light, and it rides like a downhill bike. So it's just <laughs> yeah, it's just perfect. And yeah, I was really feeling comfortable on it. And we also had a few races in France, which I think really helped because. Uh, it's so competitive in France. You have to like go all out if you want to get a good result. So um, yeah, I just uh, I just got national champ the week before Pietra, and I think it gave me confidence. Like I was like, yeah, I can uh, be up there and fight with Isabeau and all the top girls. And yeah, yeah that was good. Yeah, and then straight on from there to finale and your first EWS win. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I was so stoked with that, really. I had um, a lot of fun on the, I think the first two stages were almost like mini downhills. They were like super fun to ride. And then it got um, quite technical on stage three. And then stage four was just, pure like physical <laughs> and so I remember in stage I knew like I knew I was in the lead and I was like okay stage four I 
don't want to lose the race just on some pedaling. So I gave it the all and I thought I would pass out on that stage. Like I never <laughs> felt so, <laughs> so much pain <laughs> on the bike. But um, yeah, I made it down. And, uh, it was worth it yeah for sure <laughs> definitely so you and that meant you won the overall as well yeah yeah so there wasn't really an overall this year but um the unofficial overall i would i would have won it but yeah i think isabelle would probably have um done finale if, if she, she knew there was an overall so i yeah we'll see it was a good season and we'll see next year yeah, it must make you feel pretty positive about 2021. Yeah, for sure. Like, I'm super excited to to be racing again. I had a few weeks off after the season, and now I just started training again this, this week. And, uh, yeah, pretty excited. Definitely. And I, th- I think maybe the first woman to win an EWS on flat pedals? <laughs> yeah, I think so. There, there isn't too many um flat pedals rider in the ws which yeah. i don't really understand because for me it's uh it's almost uh an advantage to, to be riding flat yeah go on tell us a little bit about, about that what it, do you ride flats because sam hill does or do you ride flats because there's some advantages no i think i i always got used to ride flats like from when i was riding bmx and stuff and i tried clips a few times um in 2013, when there was World Champs in South Africa, it was uh, everyone told me like you have to write clips for that track because it's a lot of pedaling and stuff. So uh, I tried to write clips that year, but I never felt um, as comfortable as on flats really, and I feel like it just changed my riding style too much. Um, okay. I tried again last year because, yeah. Um, because in in Lesor in EWS, I was just uh, my feet would like go out of the pedals so much because there was so many brake bumps. Yeah, and so uh, I tried again and I raced a few races with it, but then yeah, it's it's not natural for me, and I can't really get used to it. So I think flats, especially in enduro, when you got this like awkward trails where you it's quite slow and like technical you can just like put your feet off off and and go back and it's yeah it's easier for me yeah and do you have a like a go-to shoe and pedal combination yeah so i've been riding uh five tens for like as far as i can remember and i'm uh-huh. on the freerider pro which are yeah. like quite light and uh, just really, really good grip. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I ride the uh, proof Samil pedals. Not only because it's Samil, but <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're really good. They are good. I've got a pair. They're a good pedal for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you uh, you also went to Crankworks in Innsbruck and came third in the downhill, I think, to Valley and Tracy Hanna, and then won the slalom as well. So... 2020 I mean not a great year but you've you've had a pretty good time yeah for sure I I think I had a podium at every race I I entered this year so pretty good for me (laughs) I'm pretty happy yeah and uh yeah it was it was really fun to go to Conkworks I was kind of exhausted after the 
ZWS, but then I was excited to just make the most of 2020 because we didn't have so many races. And uh, yeah, I just had fun on the dual slalom and yeah, it ended up working pretty good. And then, yeah, the downhill, it's a really good track in, in Innsbruck. Like I had a lot of fun on that track. It was good to be back on the downhill bike. I had ridden it quite a bit uh, in the summer, but I didn't race much um this year so yeah it was uh stuck i was stuck to be on the podium yeah and to be that close to to valley and tracy who are you know they're at the top end of the downhill side of things these days does that ever make you tempted to go back to world cup downhill so yeah i would say just after concord i was kind of thinking about maybe doing uh, Maribor or some other World Cups but I feel like um, Enduro it would just works better for me you know I I don't really want to be like stressing out and taking a lot of risk and going like really fast like you need to go on the World Cup tracks now and um, yeah just have more fun on the, on the Enduro so uh, I probably keep just focusing on the Enduro World Series and the Conquarks downhill for fun. Okay, fair enough. So that's that's the plan for next year then, if everything happens as we hope it does, yeah? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Enduro, Conquarks, and uh, yeah, just enjoy it. Yeah, and not even maybe like a little cheeky downhill World <laughs> Champs entry? Uh, world Champs, I, I, I don't think so. I think... Uh, yeah, I think it's you. You really have to like be one hundred percent into downhill if you want to do well, and like likewise in enduro. So it's hard to do both and be like really competitive. I know Eddie can do it really well, but he's crazy, you know. So <laughs> unique. <laughs> yeah, he's unique. So um, yeah, I if I enter a race, I want to be competitive. So yeah, we'll see. Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how 2021 goes because, uh, yeah, it uh, definitely looks like you're going to be at the top of the pack next year. We're, we're getting close to the end of our time, but we'll hit our final four questions. First of those is if the listeners had £150, which is about €165, Euros, to improve their performance on a bike, what should they go and spend it on? Oh, yeah. Uh, I would say uh, at least for... People riding flats, as I would say, shoes are really important. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I see a lot of people when I'm coaching, especially. I see a lot of people riding flats, but with um, just trainers and like really normal shoes, and it makes such a big difference. So, yeah, five tens are my go-to, and. Uh-huh. Um, the other thing that is really important to me is, is uh, having a good like uh, bar and grips setup. Okay. Yeah. I, I was uh, pretty obsessed with grips a few years ago, and I just <laughs> bought every grips <laughs> uh, that I could find to to try them on. And yeah, I think it makes a good a big difference. Yeah. What have you settled on? What's the best grip for you? Because I'm guessing it's going to be a very personal thing. Yeah, it's so personal and 
I like them like not too big but not too small too. So I I ride the winter ones like the super techy ones, and mm-hmm. they're just like the good size for me. And is that a a lock on grip or a slide on grip? Yeah, like? it's lock on. I I tried okay. the slide ones, but they're like a bit too thin for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, and you're on the rental bar as well. Yeah, exactly. Carbon or Ali? I stayed with uh, Alloy because uh, I saw, yeah, if you if you race an enduro, and if you have a big crash or something and hit your bars, you you don't want to have to like think about any issues with carbon. So I feel like Alloy, it's just uh, you you don't have to think about it. You know, it's gonna last all the time. Yeah, and how do you go about getting that cockpit of the bike set up right, like bar height, bar roll, all of that good stuff? Yeah, I um, it's something that yeah, I've got my preferences, and I try to like put that on every bike I have. I usually like go either thirty-five or forty millimeters stem, depending on mm-hmm. the on the reach of the bike. Yeah, and then yeah, I run. I would say it's probably quite a normal setup, but just uh, yeah, I like it to be like always the same. And I'm on yeah, seven fifty millimeters wide uh, wide bars. Okay, yeah, interesting. All right, second question: If you could wind the clock back and sit down with yourself, age sixteen, what advice would you give her? Um, yeah, I think. I think I would um, say like um, probably dream bigger, you know, because when I was, yeah, when I was 16, I wasn't dreaming about uh, making it to the World Cups and everything. And I wasn't maybe confident enough to try bigger races um, in juniors and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you weren't you weren't hoping to be world champion at that age then? <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so sixteen year old uh, Morgan would be pretty happy with that result. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. If you could have a coaching session with anyone from the sport, who would it be, and what would you want to learn from them? Uh, yeah, I know everyone says Sam Hill too. <laughs> they do, <Yeah. laughs> and that's my my first. Um, choice to uh, try to think about something else somebody else what what aspect of sam's riding or sam's style would it be that you'd really want to get stuck into i think so i didn't see him riding that much but i know like on the the ews he rides training quite slow and like takes normal lines and then in races it just takes like really different lines to everyone and yeah, I would like to know how it works in his in his mind to like um, be able to see these lines. Yeah, yeah, he must visualize things very differently, I guess. I think so. Yeah, and to be able to ride them at race pace, um, just just like this. Yeah, impressive stuff. Yeah. And then last question: Then, what do you do every day that you feel benefits you? Um, I try to do either 
short yoga session or stretching every day, which is, uh, it feels so good. I, yeah, usually I start, um, I start my day with like 15 minutes yoga and it's just, uh, it's so good. <laughs> Impressive. That's, uh, not many people will manage that every day. So fair play. Yeah. I started actually during lockdown uh in uh in spring during the uh-huh. first lockdown and my my neighbor she's she's a great yoga teacher and she started to do these um facebook live yoga sessions and i i got really into it and now uh, yeah i do that every day and it feels great yeah well once you feel the benefits i guess it's easier to keep doing it exactly yeah yeah cool well if people want to find out a bit more and follow you through 2021 where's the best place for them to look uh yeah i guess uh instagram is uh where i put most of my stuff so it's uh just morgan shah on instagram good stuff all right well thanks so much for taking the time to have a chat it's been really interesting finding out more about you and yeah hopefully we can see uh another world title in 2021 yeah thank you very much for having me i've been uh listening to pretty much all your podcast before so it's so good to be there awesome that's a pleasure thank you very much (laughs) thank you all right that's it for this episode with morgan i hope you enjoyed listening a massive thanks to we are one composites for supporting this episode of the show if you're keen on a set of their awesome carbon wheels or bars then for the month of december you can use the code santa gives 20 for 20 percent off that's a mega discount so head to weareonecomposites.com now to check out the full range that code again is santa gives 20 that's santa gives followed by the number 20 all as one word all the links you need are in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com if you fancy representing the show then you can grab yourself a t-shirt sweatshirt or hoodie by heading over to downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop with all the proceeds going to help improve the podcast you know what to do by now keep on spreading the word about the podcast tell your riding mates share the episodes on your social media it all helps me keep this thing going and keep it growing thanks for everyone who's doing that and carries on doing it it's amazing thank you so much also if you've got time a review on itunes is super helpful too all right we've got another awesome episode coming up soon but until then happy christmas and get out and ride (laughs)